This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'd like to welcome y'all to the Destination Devi Podcast, hosted by Ray Garvin, your number one source for everything Devi and Dynasty Fantasy Football. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. If you'd like to take off your seatbelts, it's safe to do so at this time. We'd like to thank you for traveling with us today, and we hope you enjoy your flight. All right, welcome back to the Destination Debbie podcast. And we have our first guest on the show, and I'm really excited to introduce this guy. If you're on Twitter, if you haven't been hiding under a rock, you know who this man is, Kyle Matthew. I mean, Debbie extraordinaire, dynasty number guy, watches film, does it all. Kyle, how you doing? I am doing awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me on. First guest ever, that is an honor. I am thrilled to go through here, talk some Debbie players. I mean, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, man. I think, I think it was a, a really good idea to have you on because you've done a lot of work um, on Twitter and through the various sites that you write for right off the bat. I mean, how talented is this class? I know a lot of people talk about it, but really just how deep and how talented is this class? I mean, this class is getting hyped up as, you know, second coming of the 2014 class. You've got the second coming of the 2017 running back class. And, you know, you think about that, you're like, okay, you're comparing these running backs to, you know, Kamara, Fournette, Mixon, McCaffrey. That's insane. Then you're comparing these receivers to the 2014 receivers, Odell, Mike Evans, you know, Sammy Watkins, Brandon Cooks, like that insane class. But I don't think it's that crazy of a take. I mean, we're about to run through some of these 2020 players. Again, so much can change in a year. But the production profiles, like the breakout ages, the college dominator ratings, I mean, these. this is an incredible group of players players like I, I don't think it's too far off from the hype that it's getting in all honesty yeah I, I completely agree man you know it's it's kind of tough because every year we kind of say oh the next class the next class but those of us who participate in Debbie leagues or follow college, follow college football this is a class we've been waiting for for a long time I truly believe it has I keep saying that between the 2020 and 2021 class there's going to be an ushering in of new NFL talent. And I really, really believe that from the quarterback position, the running backs, the wide receivers, we're going to start to see that transition of some of those older players in the league sort of, you know, go into their inevitable step out and some of these young guys from these next two classes really coming in to their own and, and taking those spots. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, even looking forward to the 20, 2021 class, I mean, we're going to talk about these 2020 receivers. I'm going to gush over, over these receivers. I mean, just not even, I'm not even talking one, two, three, like looking all the way to the top 10, top 15, 
Like this is an impressive group of receivers. But if we're looking forward to 2021, two of my top three overall Debbie receivers are from 2021. So that just kind of goes to show you how talented these upcoming classes are. Absolutely. So without further ado, what I wanted to do today for you guys is we are going to do a 2020 early mock draft, two round mock. And Kyle and I are going to go back and forth and kind of, you know, build our roster, build our team to really show you where the depth is. Now, a little wrinkle that we're going to throw in there, just so it's not just Kyle, me, Kyle, me. We're going to do a two man snake draft. I don't know if this has ever been done in podcast history, but we're going to snake it. So Kyle's going to start it off as the guest. Then I'll have two back to back picks followed by Kyle. So we're just going to we're just going to really snake it and, and throw each other's game off. And another wrinkle I threw in there that I kind of threw Kyle for a loop the other day is there's going to be a tier break where we include where we would actually take a 2019 prospect. Some of you guys out there still have yet to conduct your 2019 rookie draft. So I think it'd just be an interesting wrinkle to see where Nikhil Harry would fall amongst these 2020 prospects where Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery. So without further ado, you are the guest of honor. Welcome and kick us off, Kyle. Who are you taking at 101? Awesome, man. Let's hit this. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start off with a guy that's, I, I see gotten some criticism from you as of late on Twitter, but I'm going with my boy, Jerry Judy here. 101. I'm just looking at his production profile Had a bit of a slow start freshman year, sophomore year, 68 catches over 1300 yards, 14 touchdowns. He gets another season with Tua. I see no reason as to, as to why the guy can't put up 80 for 1508 or even improve upon those numbers. I mean, he's only 6'1", 192, but at the catch point, he outmuscles defenders, he'll box you out, which is just not something you see from a receiver of that type of thin, even lanky frame, you might say, elite separator. One thing I've seen you point out on Twitter, though, is I'm finding on film that he could be pushed off his routes. He even posted um, a Twitter video the other day where I'm not sure if you saw that, where he was just going off on some DBs, just release moves off the line of scrimmage. Incredible. But when the DBs pressed him, you saw that he was, you know, falling off. He was losing balance. So I think that's something that could definitely be worked on. Not only his junior year, once he hits the NFL, I think he could put on a little weight, put on a little muscle. And if I can see his junior year that he is pushed off his routes on film less, then this goes from like a yeah, I'm feeling good about this 101 to this guy is my 101 top 10 pick in the NFL draft and a guy I want to build my dynasty team around. Yeah, man, I think, you know, honestly, and, and my thing with Judy is I think he is a phenomenal wide receiver talent. I'm not, you know, crazy enough to think that that he is anything less than that. I just think this class, like you talked about in the beginning, is so deep that there are others who could potentially, you know, challenge him for that wide receiver one spot. But I think if I'm sitting on the clock, today, right now. I mean, Jerry Judy, for me, is the obvious one-on-one. So great choice. I, I really, I do believe, like you said, and to to be that productive amongst a wide receiver group with probably four potential NFL wide receivers, mm-hmm. I mean, there's something to be said about that guy's talent. So I've got the next two picks and uh, you made it very easy for me because I'm taking uh, my tier one running backs. I'm taking DeAndre Swift at 102 and I'm taking Travis Etienne at 103. I think both of these guys are fantastic running back prospects. The last episode, I really tried to dive in to their game as to what differentiates the two. Uh, I think ETN for sure has the better long speed. I know that they were timed at the same 40 time coming out of high school, but just watching the film, he looks 
a lot faster in the open field than DeAndre Swift. The the knock on ETN for me, and maybe you can kind of just chime in real quick. I don't see the same level of agility, the quick feet that I see out of DeAndre Swift. I mean, for me, watching Swift, he reminds me his, his movement style is Lev Bell, Shady McCoy-esque as far as his agility, his lateral agility, change of direction. I love ETN's burst. His contact balance is phenomenal. Uh, I, but for me, those are my two top tier running backs in this class. And at two oh at one oh two and one oh three, I'm taking both of those guys. What do, what do you what do you say about those two? Oh, I mean, if if I had those two picks, I would have taken the same exact guys. I'm looking I'm looking at my podcast notes right here. My number three overall player, DeAndre Swift. Just like you mentioned, I'm looking down my my third bullet point for him is Love Bell. I mean, I think you're 100 percent right. Contact, um, contact balance, agility. I mean, his ability to stick his foot in the ground and literally go 90 degrees in the opposite direction. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's, I'm not sure if you saw that. I want to say it was a Kentucky game. I mean, this man had a defender running full speed at him. He, you know, put his foot in the ground, right. <laughs> immediate, immediate left. The guy just flew by him. I mean, he yeah. literally flew by him. It's absolutely, I mean, the agility, off the charts. ETN, I totally agree with what you're saying about long speed, contact balance. One thing about him that really popped out on film to me as we've gone back and forth about post-contact acceleration. I mean, this guy could get hit in the backfield, immediately go from zero to 60, just like it's nothing. I mean, in three steps, he's full speed. So I totally agree with those picks, 100%. Nice, nice. Any concern over ETN's lack of receiving ability? And I've said this on previous pods, just because a prospect didn't do something in college does not mean they're incapable at the next level. But any concern about him in the receiving game? I don't really have those concerns because while his receiving production isn't off the charts, I've seen what I need to on film through his first two seasons to say, okay, he hasn't been asked to catch the ball much, but he definitely can. And I'm actually about to get in this, into this topic in detail with the next player I'm going to pick. So maybe that's a little, a little foreshadowing as to where this is going to go. <laughs> well, go ahead and give us uh, your 104. Kyle, you're on the clock. All right. Well, before I, before I take this 104, just like you mentioned earlier, the little caveat in here is if, if there's a 2019 player you'd take ahead of these 2020 players, this right here is where I would be taking my 2019 101, Nikhil Harry. Ah, going to toss that in there right there. I would not be taking Josh Jacobs right here, but this is the only guy right here from the 2019 class that I'd be taking. So just to give a little, you know, 2019, 2020 comparison, but to hop into my 2020 pick, I am going, as you could probably guess with Jonathan Taylor, looking at his stats as freshman year, 2000 yards, 13 touchdowns, just absolutely nuts. <laughs> Sophomore year, 2200 yards. I mean, this guy just keeps improving. However, for this year, he did lose a solid chunk of his offensive line. I want to say two or at least two offensive line starters. So it's going to be huge to me to see if he's going to still be able to produce with maybe less help. And as you were mentioning earlier, maybe are we worried about lack of production in the receiving game? If they show, if they've shown they can do it, but haven't done it much, if their production isn't where it should be. So let's take a look at the, the um, Wisconsin's history with pass catching running backs in the past. Melvin Gordon, who is considered to be probably one of the one of the better pass catching backs in the league. I mean, he puts up he put up fantastic receiving numbers this year. He averaged less than one half of a catch per game throughout his tenure at Wisconsin. So I'm not really I'm not really worried about the fact that Taylor hasn't 
put up incredible receiving numbers because for all we know, he could, you know, on film, he's shown that he's more than capable. So I, I'm not worried about that. Just purely from a running standpoint, I think he's the best pure runner in the class. The reason he's behind Etienne and Swift for me is because he doesn't have that receiving production. Now, my only, I agree a thousand percent. I love me seeing Jonathan Taylor, man. My only concern, and it's not even the receiving game, it's just the volume that he's had. And, you know, he has more career carries than DeAndre Swift and Travis Etienne combined right now. And, you know, I, I just feel like Wisconsin is going to give him that same maximum workload right away. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's not a death sentence. And really, when you get to the NFL, you're just hoping your running back makes it through that first contract, right? You're not, <laughs> it's hard yep. to project 10, 15 years out for a running back. They just don't last that long. So if I had any just concern over Taylor, it, was just, it would just be his his volume, his the sheer workload that he's gotten at Wisconsin so early in his career, but fantastic running back prospect for sure. Totally agree with the workload concerns. Totally agree. Good point. All right. So where are we at? 105? Yep. And you're up. All right. Okay. Looking at 105, I'm going to go with Colorado wide receiver, LaVisca Chenault. Looking at freshman year production, really did not do much. Then sophomore year, you saw one of the biggest jumps you'll see. 86 receptions for 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, but he only did this in nine games. And taking a look, I mean, 86 receptions for 1,000 yards, I mean, that yards per reception, that is, that's pretty dang low. I don't think it does him justice, though, because he's a guy that can take a slant to the house, honestly. He's so versatile. He's fantastic in the intermediate game. He's a fantastic deep threat. I am a bit worried about his recurring injuries, particularly foot injuries. He's only played 16 games his first two seasons. But I see a little bit of Sammy Watkins in his game, and that's not just because of the dreads or similar body type, but I think he's a similar prospect in the sense that he's just an extremely versatile player. Like I said earlier, slant to the house, fantastic deep threat. I'm taking Chenault here at 105. And, you know, I've got to dive into Chenault a little bit more. I want to see it this season. I think, like you said, I do see shades of Sammy Watkins at 200 and what is he, 220? I mean, he's just a tank when he gets going full speed. I mean, at, defenders just don't look like they want any part of him. And a lot of people point to, well, you know, uh, look how he was used at the running back position, A dot out of the backfield screenplays. But if you watched any Colorado tape, he was literally all they had. So, I mean, the coaching staff is just going to get him the ball any way possible. That's why you see his unique usage that, uh, you know, some people may point to as concerning, but I, I think he's a very talented wide receiver as well. Agreed. Totally agree. So I'm up 106. I'm taking another one of my uh, uh, tier one prospects, and that is Jalen Rager, wide receiver out of TCU, 18.8 breakout age, 43, almost 44% dominator rating. I mean, this guy, if he played at any other school besides TCU, he'd be getting so much more pub for his game and his skill set. TCU last year, literally, I thought it was three quarterbacks. They played five different quarterbacks throughout the season last year, and all five of them stunk. And yet this guy was still able to catch for over a thousand yards. He did it out of the backfield. I see shades of, and I know people don't really, I, I don't do comparisons often, and it's just so hard to comp these guys so far out, but just watching how he was used at TCU, watching his skill set, his body composition, he reminds me of prime Percy Harvin. That's when I watch Rager's game, that's who I see. And at right here at 106, I'd be ecstatic to be able to pick up 
what I think is one of my tier one wide receivers in the 2020 class, Jalen Rager. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. That Percy Harvin comp, especially me being UF student, I could definitely see that. I've seen my fair share of Percy Harvin. But yeah, I figured I've seen you've been hyping up Rieger on um, Twitter like crazy. So 106, I love that pick. I mean, I have no issues with it whatsoever. I think that's a solid range for him. A little higher than I'd have him, but I have zero problem with it whatsoever. All right, you're up, Kyle. 107. All right, 107. I am going with Oklahoma wide receiver C.D. Lamb. Taking a look at his freshman year production, 800 yards, seven touchdowns. Super solid production for a freshman receiver. Sophomore production, 1,150 yards, 11 touchdowns. Awesome step forward. But let's take a quick look to see who his quarterbacks were those two years. <laughs> we have freshman year, we have Baker Mayfield, Heisman winner, first overall pick. Then we have Kyler Murray, Heisman winner, first overall pick. I know year three, we're going, we have Jalen Hurts in that offensive system. I have no concerns with C.D. Lamb and quarterback production because the dude's an absolute monster. But if he can improve on his 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns with Kyler Murray gone and Jalen Hurts in town, he's going to get a bump up from me. Um, Marquise Brown is gone, so he could see an increased target share. The thing about Lamb is that he's 6'2", 189, which is wildly, wildly lanky when you think about it. That is just not really built. But the guy plays like he's 215. I mean, he's, he's cracking blocks 20 yards down the field. I mean, the dude is a beast. I see a bit of a more refined and explosive Mike Williams with a little less touchdown upside. I think he can be an athletic monster, not quite the red zone threat that Mike Williams is, but I see a lot of similarities in this game. He can be a deep threat. He can go up and get it. He can go across the middle of the field. He's a guy I'm really keeping my eye on his junior year just to see how he does without Baker and Kyler at quarterback. Man, I love the the Mike Williams comp. I, I hadn't thought about that because I really hadn't comp CD Lamb yet. I didn't know what he was, but I love CD Lamb. And some people, and, and me being one of them, I think he was the best overall wide receiver on that Sooners team last year. I know Marquise Hollywood Brown was there, but I think for what he does, and he offers you a punt return ability as well. Um, I, I think his hands, he doesn't have the speed of Marquise Brown, but just from a wide receiver standpoint, I, I think he was the superior wide receiver of the two. But like you said, let's see how he does this year. Uh, well, really, let's see how Lincoln Riley does as the quarterback whisperer with Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I've got back-to-back -back picks here, and I'm going to jump back into the running back pool and select Arizona State running back Eno Benjamin. And then I'm going to follow him up with Minnesota wide receiver, senior wide receiver Tyler Johnson. You know, Benjamin, for those prospects who play on the West Coast and the Pac-12, I know a lot of people don't stay up late to watch those games. And Arizona State is not a fun watch at all anyway. But Eno Benjamin, to handle over 300 carries, to catch the ball over 30 times as a true sophomore, full workload, I love his game. And I may be a little biased because he played at a high school right around the corner from me, Wiley East, right down the road from me. So I got to see him in high school. And I, when I saw him, I said, man, this kid is going to be something special. He doesn't have the ideal size. He's a little smaller than you would like, but his lateral agility, his toughness, his his proven ability in the receiving game. I'm really excited about his prospectus. Now, the same thing I said about Jonathan Taylor, Herm Edwards is going to run this kid into the ground this year. So I hope he leaves after his junior season, but I'm really, really intrigued by, Eno you know, Benjamin. And for me, he's the end of my tier one running back prospects in 2020. And at nine, I've got Tyler Johnson. Now it took me a little while to come around to Tyler Johnson, but watching the savviness and the nuances in his game, I really think that he, of all the wide receivers, now, now hear me out. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm not saying he's the most talented, but pro ready, 
day one, just running routes, you can stick him in an NFL offense. And I don't think there would be much of a learning curve for him. I think Tyler Johnson is one of the most pro-ready wide receivers in this class. Doesn't have the upside of Judy or C.D. Lamb or some others, but I just think as as sad, and there's something to be said about being a senior, right? You, you've been around, you've played the game, you've learned these little nuances, but he plays in Minnesota. So again, the team that isn't going to win a lot of games, so he's sort of slow to the party, but I really like Tyler Johnson's outlook for the next level. Yeah, man, I love those picks. I mean, just talk about Tyler Johnson real quick. I was talking about my 101 overall player in 2020 and Debbie, Jerry Judy. Dude's a fantastic route runner. Tyler Johnson's better. I think he's the best route runner in this class. I have that written down in my notes right here. I see a little bit of Keenan Allen in his game, a little less refined because Keenan's one of the best route runners in the NFL. But I love that pick. Looking at Eno Benjamin, not only is his production fantastic, I mean, I think I got it written down here somewhere. I mean, he had 1,900 yards and 18 touchdowns this past season. But I actually, I'm not sure if you know, you may know, I'm not sure, but I had the opportunity to actually interview Eno Benjamin earlier this offseason. And the dude is just such a cool guy. We went back and forth. He answered some of my questions and he gained a very, very big fan. I, I love me some Eno Benjamin. I saw that, man. That was freaking awesome. And did you just reach out to him? You just took the initiative and reached out and he responded? I mean, how the heck did you pull that off? Yeah, well, what it was is um, over at Dynasty Football Factory, which is one of the websites where I write, I work in the Debbie department. And some of the guys were talking about, you know, reaching out to these. I think they got a D2 linebacker. They got um, Derek King. Like, I mean, they got some fantastic prospects. They were, they were totally killing it. I was like, okay, they're, I mean, this is a fantastic idea. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. Like, I'm just going to reach out to some of these guys. Like, I mean, why not? Let's just give it a shot. So I reached out to probably 10 to 12 guys. I'm pretty sure the 11 of the 12 people didn't even read the message. I was just like, you know, like, this is just for fun. Like, let's just give it a shot. Worst case scenario, they don't reply as I would expect. Best case scenario, I get an awesome interview. So 11 out of 12 people don't even read it. And then this last, this 12th guy, Eno Benjamin, I think two days after I sent the DM, I get a, I get a notification on my phone. It's like a Twitter message from EB3. I'm like, EB3, who in the world? <laughs> I don't know anyone named EB3. Who is this guy? I open it and it's Eno Benjamin. He's like, yeah, sure. Send the questions my way. I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, you're so, you're so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. But, um, all right, let's get back to it. A little, got a little off topic there. That's my oh, bad. Good, man. That was a good, that was a good story, man. You got back to back picks here, 10 and 11. Who you got? All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start this off by saying, not a huge, not a huge fan of this guy at all, but I can't ignore the projected volume, the first round draft capital. This is where I dip my toe in the 2019 class and snag Josh Jacobs just to give another little class to class comparison. But to get back to 2020 at my 110 pick, I'm going to take T Higgins. Um, I do not believe he's the most talented wide receiver on Clemson. That does not mean he is not an absolute beast. He is 6'4", 200, a little thin as I'm finding a lot of these 2020 receivers are for some reason. Little thin, absolute monster at the catch point. Less than a thousand yards, but twelve touchdowns last year, which really goes to show that he can be an elite red zone threat, down the field threat, just contested catch threat. I'm just really excited for another year with Trevor Lawrence. To be entirely honest, I mean Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, T. Higgins, and Justin Ross. That's just going to be an absurd offense. So I'm excited to see what T. Higgins has at 111. This is where I'm taking my guy. This is where I think he should be, but I realize this is higher than consensus. 
I am taking Oklahoma State wide receiver Tylen Wallace right here at 111. I think he had the quietest 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns in the history of college football last season. This dude is not getting the hype he should be. He's only six feet, but I think he's the best contested catch wide receiver in this class. And yes, compared to CeeDee Lamb, compared to T. Higgins, all these guys that are 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", I think he's better at six feet. His contested catchability is incredible. He's a crisp route runner, and this dude has no fear. I mean, he'll go up. He'll go up for a pass across the middle of the field, leave his ribs entirely exposed to an oncoming safety, and he always gets up after the brutal hit. I mean, the dude has absolutely no fear. I think he's the most underrated receiver in this class. And if I were to you know, stamp my name on any player in this 2020 class to be a stud at the NFL level, it's Tylen Wallace. Is it concerning that Oklahoma State seems to produce fantastic college wide receivers, you know, at an alarming rate back from Darius Bowman, Rashawn Woods, Justin Blackman, Des Bryant, uh, uh, James Washington. And and to be quite honest, only I guess you could say Des Bryant and Justin Blackman had a, a quick flash in the pan. Is it concerning that it seems like they may just be a product of system or is Tyler Wallace much different than those guys? No, for sure. That's an awesome question and one that I've been asked a good amount on Twitter whenever I hype them up. It's it's really hard in the scouting process to not, you know, scout a guy like Najee Harris and just see Trent Richardson or scout it. I mean, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Scout a guy. Yeah, just it's it's so tough to scout the logo or to scout the player, not the logo. But that's what I'm trying to do with Tylen Wallace here. I mean, if I just toss everything out the window and purely take it, I mean, it may sound simple, but purely take it from a play-by-play basis, just a route-by-route basis. Let's just take a look at what Tylen Wallace shows me on this particular play. I'll write it down. We'll see how he beats. I mean, I understand that a system may produce incredible wide receiver stats, but a system also won't make a wide receiver be fantastic at the catch point. It won't make them run crisp routes. It won't make them be fantastic off press coverage. So that's what I'm really doing with Tylen Wallace here. I'm trying to throw all bias out the window. It is definitely something I am 100% keeping in mind. But as of right now, I've seen nothing to make me think that he will just be a product of the system because he's shown me too many traits that are NFL ready. I love that that analysis, and I hope everybody got that. If you need to, go rewind that. Don't scout scout the player. Don't scout the jersey. Don't scout the uniform. Don't try to set aside those previous biases and scout the player. You guys need to go rewind that and listen. That's fantastic. Thank you, Kyle. No, thank so, you. So the last pick of this round, and I'm going to probably shock some people here, but I'm sticking true to my tier rankings. I'm going to go back to the Oklahoma State well as, as well, and I'm going to take – another running back. I'm taking Chuba Hubbard, the redshirt sophomore. There's a chance that he may not come out, but he is eligible for the 2020 draft. And I am enamored by this prospect. And just like you said, if you had to put your stamp on any player, it would be Tywin Wallace. For me, that prospect is Chuba Hubbard. I think he is a true three down running back, six foot one, 210 pounds coming out of high school. He was a top 25 ranked running back, uh, according to 24 seven sports he has legitimate track speed, 10 500 meter dash in high school. And a lot of people look at Justice Hill this past year, and everyone is excited about Justice Hill. Well, his previous season, he had over 1,400 rushing yards. This season, I think it was around like 960 rushing yards for Justice Hill. And 
part of that was because he had an ankle injury, but another part of that was Chuba Hubbard, 124 carries, 740 yards, seven TDs, averaging six yards a pop. And I think uh, a, a sleeper running back is Chuba Hubbard that, that people aren't talking about right now, but he will be he will be that guy come uh, 2020. No, yeah, man, I love that pick. I mean, I, I'm a little lower on him than you are, but I mean, missed his freshman year, then boom, 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, first season of college football eligibility. He's six foot one, two oh seven, like you said. But he's he becomes five eight when he's in the trenches. I totally agree with everything you said there. I love that pick. All right, all right. Now we're going to round two, and we're gonna we're gonna speed it up a little bit. Um, we kind of went in depth with these guys, but in round two, let's just sort of make our picks quick bullet point because I want to ask you a couple of things before I get you out of here. So kick us off, top of round two. All right, sounds good, man. Before I kick this off again dip my toe into 2019, I'd be taking David Montgomery right here if I had the choice. But to go back to 2020 at the 201, I'm going to take the rival school running back to me who, because I'm a, currently a UF student. I'm taking Cam Akers. He's an extremely highly touted recruit, but he's disappointed at FSU, I think it's fair to say. If we're just scouting the box score, his 4.4 yards per carry this past season is pretty ugly, but that offensive line is horrendous. He's hit so often in the backfield, so it's hard to project how he will be in the NFL in terms of, you know, will I'm sure he won't be hit in the backfield three yards on, like hit three yards in the backfield on half his carries. But overall, if I'm purely scouting the traits, scouting the talent, he's a guy that I'm pretty comfortable here taking at 201. Yeah, love it. I, I think that's a, a, a great point about Akers. Florida State was just an absolute mess last year. So Cam Akers, love it. And for me, with the 202 pick, this is where I would take Nikhil Harry if I, I can put the, the 2019 guys in here. And I would take Josh Jacobs next. I've got the next two picks. So I would go Harry and Jacobs. But for 2020 prospects, I'm going to take Henry Ruggs third right here. And then I'm going to take Brian Edwards, wide receiver out of uh, South Carolina. So Henry Ruggs, receiver opposite of Jerry Judy at Alabama. I posted on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that his in-game speed last season, miles per hour, uh, was faster than Tyreek Hill's uh, miles per hour in-game speed, which is the fastest over the last three NFL seasons. This guy has true home run ability. I know we were looking for the next Tyreek Hill in 2019. Don't think we really had that, but if there was somebody who had comparable speed, it's Henry Ruggs. He, he could do more than just run fast, but I think his game translates as far as the speed department. You put him in the NFL, you give him a bubble screen and just say run, I think he would be able to do that right away. And Brian Edwards, savvy wide receiver, another senior wide receiver prospect out of South Carolina. He's got a chance to be the man with Debo Samuel gone. I really like Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. I love it. I got to admit, you sniped me on rugs there. And I know you've been, <laughs> I know you've been hyping him up on Twitter lately. And I've, I've been loving it. I mean, the dude is, the dude is literally a four, two guy. So yeah, ab absolute beast. But um, all right, kicking it off with the two Oh four. Or I'm going to intervene right here, say this is probably where I'd be taking Miles Sanders just because I have a few question marks about these upcoming running backs, and we know Sanders has the day two draft capital. Looking at 204, I'm going to be taking J.K. Dobbins here. Looking at his freshman year production, 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns. Dude was a monster. I mean, average incredibly high yards per carry. Sophomore year, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. And you're thinking, okay, those stat lines are pretty similar. He had 350 less rushing yards on 36 more carries going from freshman year to sophomore. Think about that for a second. 350 less rushing yards on 36 more carries. For some reason, it seemed like his sophomore year, he, 
His cle- his cleats looked like they were a little heavy for some reason. He was just slow in his lateral cuts. I see a little bit of Doug Martin in this game, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing. So I'm really <laughs> I'm really looking to see if he can take a step forward or continues to take a step back his junior year. Then taking a look at 205, I'm taking another running back who I don't love, but I think could take a huge step forward this year, his junior year. I'm taking Najee Harris. He's always surrounded by stud running backs at Alabama. He had 400 yards, three touchdowns his freshman year, 800 yards, four touchdowns his sophomore year. But now we're really going to see if he can take that big step forward because Josh Jacobs is gone. Damian Harris is gone. He's 6'3", 2". Oh, no, not 6'3", 220. He's 6'2". Dude is an absolute monster. I mean, he's just a huge, huge man. So he's a guy that I'll definitely be moving up if he has an impressive year. But if he has a down year, then he's a guy that I'm probably going to cross off the majority of my list because I don't love the film. But this is mostly projecting for his junior year. Yeah, I'm with you on Harris. And I'm hoping that he could show this year why he was the number two overall recruit in the country. I do think he has. He's not... He doesn't have great long speed. He's sort of savvy in the hole, but I, I'm with you. He's been surrounded by, you know, top running backs for the past couple of years. So I'm excited to see his potential this year in this offense. So you get snipe me with Najee Harris. Um, so right here, I'm going to take the six foot six giant down here in my home state of Texas, Colin Johnson, wide receiver, UT, 6'6", 220. I'll just say, if anybody liked Hakeem Butler last year, if, if that was your cup of tea, and Colin Johnson should be right there as well. I think he's actually a better wide receiver with more production than Hakeem Butler throughout his career. I, I don't know if he's the athlete that Hakeem Butler was, but if you're looking for that big red zone monster to take a shot on, hopefully with Sam Ellinger, Keontae Ingram, he, he should be the focal point of that offense. Little Jordan Humphrey gone, should be Colin Johnson this year. So I'm going to go ahead and snag Colin Johnson right here. Not in love with the prospect, but I, I do think he's got a little bit of talent and maybe can develop that niche in the NFL to just sort of be a red zone guy, jump ball guy. Love it. All right. Here at 207, before I know I've been taking a lot of 2019 guys here, I am definitely, I would definitely be taking AJ Brown right here, who I really love coming out. Didn't love the landing spot, but but AJ Brown would be my guy right here. But if we're talking 2020, this is where it's getting a little spicy and you might hear my tongue fall off while I'm trying to say this. But at 207, I'm taking Albert Okoe Boonham, Missouri tight end. A little spicy there, but I'm he's a guy I'm pretty comfortable taking here. He's 6'6", 255, had 400 yards and 11 touchdowns his freshman year, 400 yards and six touchdowns his sophomore year. You just don't see that kind of production from college tight ends. I mean, 11 touchdowns, you just don't really see that very often. I think he is a future first round pick. And I know that tight ends, you know, don't get a bunch of hype a year out because they're not the super spicy prospect. But a year from now, when he's a, when he's the 14th overall pick in the NFL draft to the Rams, you know, just hypothetical, obviously, but I think he's definitely probably going to be a first round pick. So he's a guy I'm pretty happy taking here at 207. Love it, man. And, and quite honestly, I don't know how I'd let him fall the way he did because I definitely would have selected Albert O. Big Albert O. I would have taken him. But all right, here we go. Where are we at? 208. I'm going to take Keyshawn Vaughn, senior running back out of Vanderbilt. Really think he is starting to gain some steam. Our man Garrett Price is really pushing that agenda as well. But watching this game, um, he's a very talented runner in the SEC. 1,244 yards, 12 TDs, averaged almost eight yards a carry on only 157 attempts. I really really think that he has has some talent this year to really 
propel himself into a day two selection. And with that draft capital, my issue with him, he's an older prospect. I think he'll enter the NFL at either 23 or 24. But again, I'm only looking at, you know, those first four years for a running back. You really can't mm-hmm. take that far out. I really like Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, here's something that's going to happen in, in mock drafts. You're going to see runs happen. So Kyle took Albert O, and my fear is, you know what, let me grab a tight end as well. So this is a lot earlier than I probably want to take him, but I like the prospect. So I'm going to take Grant Calcaterra, the tight end from Oklahoma. He can't block worth a damn. I've said that before, but I really don't care. You put him out as that flex move tight end. He's a fantastic route runner. He's got great hands. He's athletic as all outdoors. I'm going to go ahead and take Grant Calcaterra. I've only got one pick left, so I've got to secure my tight end. And I think right now he's probably tight end too. I know uh, Jared Pinkney is another one, but I, I really like the prospect of Grant Calcaterra. I love it. Love the pick. All right. All right. If I'm 210 right here, I got back-to-back picks. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little risky here. I'm going to go Boston College running back A.J. Dillon. Oh, Ooh, I snipe you right here. Ooh, go ahead. Beautiful, beautiful. Love hearing it. All right. So six foot, 245 pound guy. Absolute tank. He has 2,700 yards and 25 touchdowns in two years. Absolute grinder. I mean, he's a 2,525 yard guy. I mean, 25 carries, 125 yards. He's just, dude's just a tank. This is why he fell so far, in my opinion, though. He has... Eight receptions, 41 yards, and one touchdown. Not in one game, which would be a solid stat line, in 23 games. That's his receiving stat line for 23 games. Eight receptions, 41 yards, and a touchdown. So that is a big concern for me. In the NFL, I don't expect him to be anything more than a two-down back. We were talking about Jonathan Taylor earlier, about he's a guy that has maybe shown he can do it, but hasn't been given the opportunity. I just don't think Dylan can really do it, to be entirely honest. He's not totally incompetent. He's not quite Jordan Howard, but he's just, I don't think, going to be a receiving threat at the next level. But he could be a solid two-down grinder in the NFL. Then my second pick, 211. All right, this is, this is where I got to stretch because I'm, I'm testing myself here. At 207, I took Albert Okoebunum. Here at 211, I'm going to take Tua Tagovailoa, my quarterback one in this 2020 class. I mean, there's just not much more to say at this point to 11. I could either go with, you know, there are a few running back prospects that I think could potentially be late day two picks, early day three picks in the NFL draft. Or I could take the guy that's pro- that's more than likely going to be a top five overall pick land in an offense where he's solid weapons. I mean, take a look at his receivers at Alabama. All he's going to do is increase his production next year. I mean, Henry Ruggs, who we already touched upon, Jerry Judy, who we already touched upon, Jalen Waddle, 2021 wide receiver. I think Tua is only going to go up this year. If I had to bet, I'd probably say he's the first overall pick next year. So if I can secure the first overall pick, even though he's a quarterback at 211, I'll jump at that opportunity. You know, I really dislike you right now because I was sniped back to back and the Tua snipe hurts so bad because I wanted to close this out by just name dropping to it, not even giving stats. And you really took that from me. So <laughs> thank you for that. So I'm just going to go ahead. <sighs> I want to, I want a quarterback. I'll take Justin Herbert quarterback, Oregon. Um, I think he's the quarterback too in this class. I know there's Jake Fromm, Herbert are kind of the, the, the next guys up and there's some hype for Herbert. And some thought that if Herbert came out in 2019, he would have been the number one overall pick, you know, at, at, 
212. I want to just go ahead and secure that quarterback maybe a little earlier than I'd like, but I think he's going to have an opportunity. If he's got any type of first round draft capital, he's going to get a chance to start. So if I can get, you know, a, a quarterback here of his caliber, I'll go ahead and take Justin Herbert. So that sort of wraps up our mock. And I'm just going to do a quick recap. We went Jerry Judy, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, LaVisca Chenault, Jalen Rager, CeeDee Lamb, Eno Benjamin, Tyler Johnson, T. Higgins, Tylen Wallace, and Chuba Hubbard to round out, to finish up round one. And then round two, we went Cam Akers, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Najee Harris, Colin Johnson, Albert O., Grant Calcaterra, uh, A.J. Dillon, Tua Tungabailoa, and Justin Herbert. Um, that was that was just a, a nice look at what we have potentially in 2020 and where we would stack up some of these 2019 guys compared to them. I completely did not do the exercise right. Kyle did it right. He was entering in Miles Sanders and David Montgomery. I did like two. So, hey, I'm the host. I can do whatever <laughs> I want. Kyle <laughs> did it right. I did it wrong. But, Kyle, I want to thank you for joining me on this exercise. Really appreciate it, giving the listeners sort of insight of what's to come. And it's early, right? Things are going to change. Things can change, but just an early look at the 2020 prospects. So real quick, Kyle, who are you? Where could we find your work? Plug your stuff, man. All right. I appreciate that. Um, my name, I'm Kyle Matthew. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyFF underscore Kyle M. I am currently a Dynasty writer for Dynasty Nerds. I am a Debbie writer at Dynasty Football Factory. So you can find basically everything I've ever done at those two sites. But if you ever, you know, have a question, want to run anything by me, slide in the DMs. They're always open. Hit me up on Twitter. All right, Kyle. So this is a show geared around destination and airplanes and travel. And you know, when you fly, they say if there's a loss in cabin pressure, the mask comes out, you got to get some oxygen so you can breathe, right? I want you to give us one of those mask dropping oxygen needing takes for 2019, the NFL season, what is your, I guess, boldest prediction for this upcoming 2019 NFL season? I want to hear it. All right, let's get it. Well, some one guy that I've been hyping up like crazy on Twitter as of late, Darius Geis. Taking a look at his current ADP, he's currently taken anywhere between probably the safest range is probably RB18 to RB19. That's his current ADP in Dynasty Drafts. Looking forward. One year from now, June 28, 2020, Darius Geis will be a top 10 dynasty running back in ADP. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. That's going to do it for episode eight of the Destination Debbie podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Our guest, Kyle Matthews, a fantastic Debbie mind, fantastic dynasty mind. Please check his work out on Twitter. Follow that man. We plan to have him on the show multiple times throughout the college football season. So just want to thank Kyle for taking his time to, to do this 2020 mock draft exercise. And I hope you guys saw some value in it. You know, it is it is a very good looking class. But once you get to round two, things get a little sketchy. So don't don't leverage everything that you have for these 2020 picks. Yes, it's a phenomenal looking class filled with great potential prospects, but the reality is not all of these guys are going to hit. And I think the key is going to be finding that tier break and saying, you know what, I need to move this pick or, or, or trading a little bit earlier 
to, to acquire some proven NFL talent. It's going to be a good class. It's going to be a fun class, but things will change. Prospects will rise out of the ashes. Some people will come out of nowhere. It's just, it's an ever evolving process. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said on the last one, the winner of the DeAndre Hopkins jersey was announced on Twitter, and we will be doing another signed jersey giveaway for the man, King Derrick Henry, running back of the Tennessee Titans. All you have to do to enter is subscribe to the show, leave a five-star rating on iTunes, DM that to at Destination Debbie, and bam, you're entered. Those of you who entered for the DeAndre Hopkins jersey, you're already automatically entered for this one. So good luck to you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great weekend. That's the show. Drop the music.